Dave and Ryan's movie review and action. Everyone loves going to the movies. And while some are amazing, some are awful. Fortunately, we have Dave and Ryan, two guys with nothing better to do than watch movies of today and movies of yesterday. So get your popcorn ready, silence your phones, and relax, because the show is about to begin. Cue Dave and Ryan in three, two, one. It's Dave and Ryan's movie review. Sponsored by Nobody. Welcome in to another edition of Dave and Ryan's Movie Review. This, you know, we're heading into that fun time of year for me. I love Christmas because I'm mostly just a little kid anyway. It doesn't matter. Dave I don't know how you are. I, I, I just love Christmas. It's a great time of year. What was the uh, the Seinfeld thing? The, the Festivus, Festivus for the rest of us. Festivus for the rest of us. That's right. Um, but, you know, this is a great time. So we're going to start today. Uh, well, we're going to. In the show today, let's put it that way, we're going to talk about some, you know, movie traditions that you and I have, and yeah. then some classic, yeah. classic Christmas movies. But before we get there, we got to go to Hollywood. Welcome to Hollywood Boulevard, a place of glitz, glamour, and dreams. Just kidding. This place is a dump. That's why Dave and Ryan come here each week. You get the news from Hollywood without fearing for your life on the Walk of Fame. It's This Week in Hollywood. So I know there are a lot of people that are out there that have been waiting for this one. Uh, Warner Brothers Beetlejuice 2 has wrapped filming. I'm excited for that. And, And they said really it's not a big surprise because I guess they only had like two days left of shooting before the strike started. Yeah. So they're they're ready to go. It's done and they'll now they'll just go into post and do all the 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 glitz and the glamour stuff to it. Yeah, I, I saw some uh production photos the other day. The the waiting room is back. <laughs> well, should be. Yes. <laughs> as it should be. Uh, there's been whispers out there they were trying to get it, you know, they're considering a Christmas release of 2024, but it's actually it's looking like it's going to hold firm at uh, September 6th, 2024. For Beetlejuice 2, a movie that we've been waiting for for quite some time. That's the day before my birthday. That's the day after my wife's birthday. Oh, we should go to the movie. I'll go. I'll go. All right. Here's one that is completely out of left field because when I read it, I had to reread it and then I had to refresh and read it again. Sebastian Stan set to play Donald Trump. In what? Okay, so Sebastian Stan, uh, he's. In the MCU, you know, yeah. Bucky, yeah. and uh, he he was in the acclaimed, and I don't know how it was, because I watched parts of it, but anyway, the acclaimed Hulu miniseries, Pam and Tommy, he's been tapped to, for the role of young Donald Trump in the movie The Apprentice, and this is going to be a new film from Cannes Prize winning Iranian filmmaker Ali Abbasa. Also aboard the film in uh, roles are Emmy and Golden Globe winner Jeremy Strong, for those of you that have watched Succession, and Oscar nominee Maria Bakalova. Now, production has started this week, and it's really, I know it's going to be a shocker to some out there. It's not going to paint him in a flattering light. What was, what is this movie even going? Is it like going to be his younger life? When it is. Start- it's when he back in the seventies and eighties when he started to build his real estate empire. That's okay. what it's going to so deal it's, with. So it's basically like an autobiography kind of movie. Yes, but Donald Trump has nothing to do with it. 
Except for the fact that he's in it. Yeah, I don't think this movie's going this to... Is, this is what you would call a cash grab. But here's the thing. You're going to have people that go and see it just so they oh, can yeah. say, see, I told you. I told you that's how he was. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, movies are so accurate. They are, 100%. <laughs> 100%. And um, apparently Michael Keaton just cannot stay out of the news. Keaton's new movie, Knox Goes Away, is set for an early 2024 release. This movie sounds pretty good. Uh, Sabin Films said that it has acquired the U.S. rights to Knox Goes Away, a thriller directed by and starring Michael Keaton. Now, the movie was at uh, this fall's Toronto Film Festival, and it'll aim for an early 2024 theatrical release. Uh, Keaton stars alongside Al Pacino, James Marsden, and Marsha Gay Harden, playing a contract killer with a rapidly evolving form of dementia. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I've, see, I've seen a few uh, snippets. This one looks good. Um, he is offered the opportunity to redeem himself by saving the life of the adult son of whom he has been estranged. So this one looks good. Anytime you want to throw Michael Keaton in anything, I'm good with it. Yeah, me too. I love Michael Keaton, one of my favorite, favorite actors. Okay, so on today's show, we went and saw Wish. Not a bad movie. I do have opinions on this one, though. Yeah, uh, that you wished you saw it earlier. Well, maybe. <laughs> um, we've got that. We're going to talk about, as I said, holiday movie traditions. You know, we all have them. Movies that, you know, it's that time of year, or even maybe you're doing a specific thing and you've got to watch this movie when you do it. Yeah. So we've each got some for that. And then, you know, you can't talk Christmas without talking Rankin and Bass holiday classics. And of course, I'm talking about like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and The Year Without Santa Claus, those movies. So we're going to get a little more in depth on those and talk about those coming up. But of course, before we get there, you got to have an honest movie review. It's time once again for another Honest Movie Review. Today, we go back to 2008, when a book of fantasy romance was turned into a movie called Twilight. You're impossibly fast and strong. You know what you are. Your skin is pale white and ice cold. You don't go out into the sunlight. Say it out loud. Say it. Vampire. Are you afraid? No. I've had mosquito bites that were more passionate than this undead piece of crap riff on Romeo and Juliet. I can't wait to speak with you again next week. I never got into any of these movies. Team Jacob. (laughs) Should have known. Oh! I never, I could never get into any of those movies at all, at all. I don't know why. Really, you have you have teenage daughters. You had teenage daughters. I did. I would. Doesn't uh, mean I had to go to the movie with them. Uh, well, I guess it's true. Mm-hmm. You let them go see this by themselves. Why not? No why wonder not? why they have. Daddy You've issues. met my kids. <laughs> You've <laughs> met my kids. All right. When we come back. We're going to take the trip to the theater. We're going to talk about Disney's new animated feature, Wish. So come back. Everyone on set, shut up. Shut up. These two buffoons are about to talk about a new release. Dave and Ryan's movie review segment one. Action. What's more exciting than a brand new release to the movie theater? According to Dave and Ryan, nothing. They're the first to see it. So you're the first to hear about it. 
Okay, so this week we went and saw the Disney movie Wish. Hour 35. Gosh, I love those run times. Yeah, it, it was not a three-hour movie that we've been going to see recently. That's right. Uh, it's got Ariana DeBose in it. She plays Asha. Uh, Chris Pine is Magnifico. Ooh. And he is pretty magnifico. Hey, he, he is pretty handsome. Uh, Alan Tudyk is the uh, comic relief in the movie. He <laughs> He's plays, the little goat. <laughs> he plays the goat. Victor Garber, you don't really hear a lot about him or from him very much anymore. Uh, he was in, most people may know him as he played uh, Daddy Warbucks in the Disney version. They just did okay. maybe about 10 years ago. Anyway, great actor, stage actor, really. Um Evan Peters was in this one, as was a Harvey Yen. So, here's D- gonna, Dave. You got to. It's not. You got to take it off that pedestal. I'm gonna fix this right now. Okay. Okay. So it's the story of a young girl who's named Asha who wishes on a star and gets a more direct answer than she bargained for. Basically, yeah. Um, she is wants to be. She lives in a kingdom, Rosas, and, and when they all turn eighteen. They give their wish to the king, and then he stores their wish, and at a certain point, he has these wish-granting ceremonies, Yeah, and you come to find out there's a little bit of a dark side to this, because once you give him your wish, you forget what it was. Yep. No idea what it was. There's always strings attached. There always are strings attached, and come to find out, he will only grant wishes that are in the betterment of the kingdom. Yeah, and he only grants, like, I think he said at one point, he only did, like, 14. 14 wishes in a year, and that was a good year for him. Yeah. So she goes in, finds out what he's really up to, and it just kind of goes downhill from there. It's I, I told Ryan, we talked about it, and I really did enjoy this movie. It's got a great story. It does. It has a great story. It has a really good story. It has great music. Sometimes I felt like the music at points was a little overbearing in it. But there are just times when the goat shows up and makes everything better. <laughs> yes. He found it with his butt. Yes. And he, he can't count. <laughs> no. Shark. Shark, yeah. I mean, it's, I'm just practicing. There's just moments of uh, that he brings to the movie that make it fun and funnier. Uh, the, the whole scene in the forest is a great scene. <laughs> yes. When she gets her wish or the star comes down. But for me, and, and, and Ryan and I kind of went back and forth on this. This is Disney's 100th anniversary of Walt Disney Studios. Mm-hmm. And I felt like if you're going to put out an animated feature in your 100th year, that it should the, the animation should be top notch. And I just felt like the animation fell short in parts. Well, you know, we did talk about this, and I think most people, when it comes to Disney movies, they're used to the Pixar quality. Pixar, you know, they have did Toy Story, and Toy Story looks amazing. There's, You know, you could watch that, and at some point you're like, this is an animation, right? You know, and that's Pixar. This is not a Pixar affiliation at all. It's solely disney and so you know the animation studio at disney is not pixar so it's it's their own it's their own kind of brand of uh animation so Mm -hmm. no it's not going to be 
that high quality that we're all kind of used to, I would say. It's, uh, you know, honestly, like I said, when we were at the theater, uh, we were looking at the poster and right next to it was Trolls. And honestly, the animation kind of looked a little similar. Um, I, you know, I'm not sure if they're using the same um, animation engine or whatever, but it, it did kind of look like that smoothness kind of kid down version of animation. And when you said that, what did I say? I said, okay, but that's DreamWorks. It is. It is. This is Disney yeah. we're talking about. Like and I said, people putting they Disney do. on that pedestal. They do. When it comes to this, this was the one thing that they could get right. Yeah. You know, Disney's had some serious misses lately. And once again, this movie is, is scheduled to be another miss at the box office. Yeah. For whatever that's worth. It, but, it is a good movie. I think... Um, I just don't think the music, the music was good. Don't get me wrong. It just wasn't that it could have been a lot better. Well, and that's, you know, I think there was a uh, a couple and I believe their daughter walked out when we saw this and I asked her, I asked them, what did yeah. you think? And, and the mom said, I loved it, but the music was a bit much sometimes. Hmm. And the daughter, I believe it was her second time seeing it. Yeah. But the, the thing that I, I finally, you know, sat down and thought about it and, and figured it out, and it, it's taken me this long to come up with this answer here. Um, the thing that, about the, the movie and the music in the movie, there was nothing that I left the theater humming. True, yeah. There were no See, real and, and, and memorable that's, that's songs. that's what I'm talking about. You know, the music was good. It just wasn't at that high caliber, you know, where you're, you walk out and you, you know, when you say Frozen... Instantly, you uh-huh. know, you start singing a song, or you have a certain song in your mind. And Jordan and I talked about that, and and we talked about Frozen. And Fro- Jordan said the thing with Frozen and Let It Go is that the animation during that that piece fit the song yeah, so it was perfectly. Like a music video. Yes, it and, and, and it with was. this one, there was only I think there was two two songs that could have been like that: the song in the forest. Uh, mm-hmm. About how everyone's a star, yeah, and the uh, the other one that's uh, w- the the main, the wish one where she sings and then everyone sings it out. And that yeah. could have been so much better. It it just seems like it fell short of the finish line for uh, me. And like I said, I, I walked out of this. I didn't get songs, you know. And yeah, I'm I I'm one of those that's going to hold Disney to a higher standard. I really am. But I'm I was looking for like a. A uh, you know like a, a Gaston song or um, you know a part of your world or something that's going to stick yeah, with the, you. Yeah, there the was only, no song in this show that really stuck with yeah, me. The only uh, song that the air quote here villain sang was uh, the one about where he's going to take care of the wishes. Mm-hmm. He did have kind of an evil song later on, but it wasn't very long and it wasn't memorable. Yes, so. Uh, for me, that's that's where the movie fell short. I still gave this one three and a half buckets of popcorn out of five. I gave it three and a half as well. Yeah, like I said, it's a good movie. It just fell kind of short for me. It is. And you know what? Disney nailed the story on this one. They did. This is a, a tremendous story. It really is. It kind of goes into the fact that, you know what? You can be whatever you want to be. You can yep. do whatever you want to do. And and that's, I think, the main takeaway and the main theme from this movie. That and the fact that there are people out there that are just mean. Yeah, you know, we, we did talk about this earlier. There, there was one song I would have loved to have had in there, especially, like, for the end credits. Right. The whole wish, you know, wishing upon a star. Yeah, because they're touting this as, 
You know, the it, it is. It's the hundredth anniversary of Disney Animation or Disney Studios, and there are subtle hints. Yeah. That are you know f- for Disney movies, like when he's looking at some of the wishes, and uh, it was what the one was. Uh, oh, so you want to fly, huh? You want to take off and go to Everland? How about Neverland? And he crushes the wish. <laughs> yeah. And then the next one, you're looking for somebody to come and watch your two brat, bratty kids? Well, that ain't popping, and he breaks the wish. <laughs> and then even at the end of the movie, there's a nod to the fairy godmother. Yep. And Peter Pan is in this movie. He is. So I, there's all kinds of cool nods and tip of the caps to uh, the 100th anniversary of Disney Studios. But at the end of, the, like I said, this movie, great movie. It really is. The story's great. I just kind of maybe expect a little bit more from it. And I didn't get that. And that's why I, I rated it like I did. But the movie itself, fabulous. Good for the whole family. Take everybody. Yeah. There's no one that's going to walk out of here being disappointed in this movie, really. I agree with you. All right. So we actually agreed on something. Wow. Awesome. Okay, when we come back, we got holiday traditions. We've all got these movies that we have to watch when we do certain things or just a certain time of year that we've got to watch it. So we're going to talk about uh, mine and Ryan's holiday tradition movies that we have to watch when the holidays roll around when we come right back. Hey, idiots. We're back from commercial. Dave and Ryan's movie review, segment two, and action. Well, Ryan, we're finally in December, and and that, of course, means Christmas and the end of the year and those kinds of things. And I would say Christmas is probably the most hyped when it comes to movies, uh, you know, holiday. Yeah, I I don't think there's another one that comes even close. Yeah, it's not just movie. People get crazy around this year. They do. They they really, really do. And, you know, we all have our traditions um, when we put up a tree we've got to do certain things when we do this we've got to do certain things or just you know movies that are an absolute i have to watch it in the month of december yeah can't let it go by without that Uh, let it go right (laughs) so here we go with ours and my first one is love actually good movie great movie the whole intertwined story and i mean who's not in this movie yeah that is true Uh, you've got alan rickman andrew lincoln Laura Linney, Emma Thompson. I'm going to forget somebody, so I'm just going to stop naming names. Hugh Grant. Yeah, Kieran Knightley. Kieran Knightley. I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on. And it's one of those cool, and for some reason, the British can just do it well. Yeah. It's one of those movies that every story kind of intertwines, and, you know, it it's just and it all ties together at the end. Liam Neeson. There you go. Yeah. See, I I knew I'd come up with another he has one. A particular set of skills. He does have a particular set of skills in this one, and so does his son because he wants to be in love with this girl. Yeah. But our tradition with this movie, I don't know how it started. It may have just started by accident, and that's okay too. We have to watch Love Actually when we put up our Christmas tree. Okay. Has to be on. We, we always will watch this movie. Um, in fact, one year we went so far as to watch it, and everybody got really annoyed with us because I actually even... You can go online and find the script. <laughs> so I actually printed off the script. I still have it saved on my phone. If anybody wants it, I'll send it to you. But, and we go through and we'll read different things from it. I mean, it, that's, that's, that's kind of crazy, isn't it? 
just a little bit. <laughs> but it's just fun. It's a fun movie, and and you know it this, is. This is this is slowly turning from tradition to obsession. Well, it's just a <laughs> it's a great movie, and I love it. I love this movie so much, and I can honestly I could watch this movie anytime. Yeah, I, it is a good movie. It is. It's a great great movie. So when we put up our tree, <laughs> love actually goes on the TV, and then as soon as that one's over. The borderline Christmas movie always seems to sh- to start. Yeah. And what's that borderline Christmas movie? Well, it's Die Hard. <laughs> but we're going to talk about those later on in the month. Yes. Movies that are not necessarily Christmas movies, but you equate them with Christmas. That's mm-hmm. a whole nother, almost another show yes. we could do. And we're going to talk about those a-, a little bit later on in the month. So, so that's mine. When the tree goes up at the Hokinson house, Love Actually is on the TV. What's yours? So my uh, first uh, Christmas tradition is um, on Chris- on Christmas Day, have to watch this at least. It's always on the TV. My my sisters are obsessed with this movie. I'm pretty sure everybody knows this movie, and I'm talking about a Christmas story. This movie was made in 1983. It's about um, I believe about uh, set in the f- early 50s. I believe. Probably the early 50s. Yeah. Well, maybe the late 40s, early 50s. I think yeah. there is some talk on the radio about World War II, but I can't remember. Yeah, but basically it's about Ralphie and Randy's Christmas. And uh, Ral- all Ralphie wants is uh, a BB gun. And he's trying to convince his mother, his father, Santa Claus at the mall, everyone. His teacher. Uh, yeah, his teacher, that he he, wa- he needs his BB gun. And, you know, he, he has a little fl- you know dream sequence where he's shooting bandits in the backyard. And then when he finally gets it... Just like everybody said that would happen, he'd shoot his eye out. He almost shoots his eye out. Luckily, it hit his glasses, so it didn't hurt his eye too much. But, mm-hmm. you know, everybody knows this story, um, you know, and everybody can relate to this story. You know, helping your father change a flat tire or just helping him in general work and you're holding the light. Yep. And he gets mad at you and you let something slip out. Next thing you know, you're eating soap. Yeah. Well, and the <laughs> other thing about this movie, too, and recently... It started to get a lot of backlash, and I blame TBS. Yeah, because they, they like, I believe on Christmas. It starts on Christmas Eve, yeah, I believe. Yeah, and it runs for 24 hours. Yeah, and, and I, I, I think that that's where a lot of the backlash is coming from. So if you've never seen A Christmas Story, first shame on you. Yeah. There's even a musical. Yeah, well, they, they, made, a, they made a sequel. Yeah, they made a sequel as well. And I watched that, and it had Peter Billingsley in it as an older Ralphie and everything. Yep. That one was not too bad. But, yeah, it, I, you got to see Christmas Story, Yeah, it, even it, if it's by accident. Yeah, it's, it's on TV. Trust me, it's on TV. You will find it. <laughs> you will find yeah. it. So that's my first Christmas tradition, Dave. What is your second? All right, my next film or holiday movie tradition, and this is one that you can watch anytime. Any time in December, I've got to be sitting down, and I, if I'm looking for something to watch, this is what my go-to is, and it's Scrooged. Oh, oh, oh love it. Bill Murray, Bobcat Goldthwait. Yes. Um, John Forsyth is in this. Yeah. I'm trying to think of some of the other people. Buddy Hackett is in this movie. Yes, um, he is. But it's basically a retelling of A Christmas Carol, as always. And like a like a modern business New York setting. Yes, Bill Murray plays a television executive, a president of a network yeah. that uh, has just lost his mojo and his the feeling of Christmas, 
And so, of course, just like in the story, he's visited by ghosts. A little updated one version here and there, even though this one came out 40 years ago. I, I love the fairy where she just oh, kicks him oh, in the face. Oh, <laughs> Carol Kane yeah. is unbelievable in this movie. The toaster. Oh, look, a toaster. <laughs> But and Karen Allen is in this. That's another one. Yeah. Uh, plays his girlfriend. But it just it it's one of those movies that you, there are so many one-liners in this that you can take away from this one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you can watch this anytime in the month of December, and you'll just I I don't I don't know what to say. I I love this movie. I remember I even remember going and seeing this movie in theaters when it came out. Wow. So that's how long the obsession is with with me and with Scrooge. It's a great movie because probably one of his and I'm not taking anything away from what he did in the first Caddyshack movie because to be totally honest, that was all off the cuff. I don't think Bill Murray had a script for Caddyshack. No. Um next to that, this is probably one of his best comedic performances. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. You know, he's got a lot of good movies out there, but this is definitely one that's at least in the top four. And this was one of those movies, too, that proved that a a guy like Bill Murray, a comedian, could carry a film. Yeah. So that that's my second one. It's Scrooged, and like I said, any time in the month of December, I will sit down and watch it. I may watch it twice. I don't care. doesn't matter <laughs> to me. I love that movie that much. All right, what's yours? All right, so my second Christmas tradition movie is also one where I have to watch this movie at least a few times during the Christmas holiday because it's just hilarious and it's just easy, relax. You just put it on in the background and let it play. You can listen to it while you're doing other things. This is one of my favorite all-time Christmas movies, Office Christmas Party. There is so <laughs> much that goes on yeah. in this movie. This stars uh, Jason Bateman, T.J. Miller, Olivia Munn, Jennifer Aniston, uh, Katie McKinnon, and Vanessa Bayer. Now, basically, uh, T.J. Miller's character is, um, he's inherited this business from his father, his late father. And his sister is on the board. Uh, and she's in charge of all the different locations. And Aniston's the sister, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's what I thought. I couldn't remember. And so, um, you know, every every Christmas during the holidays, um, his father used to have the biggest Christmas parties. And over the years, it's you know, it's things. Um, you know, the movie kind of goes over how things have been getting kind of a little. I don't want to say politically correct, but just kind of like mellowed down when it comes to Christmas parties and stuff like that. So he wants to basically bring back the Christmas uh, spirit and all that. And so he um, he's trying to save his company. Uh, so he's trying to do this uh, deal with this uh, this other company and their representatives in town. And they invite him to a Christmas party. So they have to have the biggest, best Christmas party ever. And it gets way out of hand <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite lines in the movie is uh jason bateman and let me get in the elevator to go up to the party and there's a guy dressed as jesus and he walks in the elevator he looks over and he goes it's my birthday and he goes ah oh, way to commit <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll tell you what one of my favorite parts of this movie and i don't know why but sometimes things like that when they happen just make you laugh <laughs> When the guy jumps off of the railing. Oh, when he's trying to swing. Across. When he's trying yeah, to yeah. swing. Hey, and that he, was my idea. And he goes headlong into the file cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just out cold. Yeah, well, well, he he did get a little, um, 
uh, a little bit of white snow in the face on accident earlier in the movie that may may have pushed him over the edge. But yeah, I just it's just funny moments like that in this movie, and then at the end, um, what are they? They're they're trying to get. I can't even remember at the end of the movie what they're all trying to do when they take off. And Oh, uh, so uh, T.J. Miller's character, basically, um, his sister came back and basically said she's shutting everything down. And so he's depressed. And he, so for uh, the Christmas bonuses, he was going to, he's got all this money attached to him underneath his coat that he was going to throw out. But he didn't get a chance to do that. So he leaves with this, uh, this pimp, basically. And she's trying to get his money but she doesn't know he has it on her him and so uh she thinks it's in his personal safe so they're driving to a safe and then jason bateman and everyone else is trying to save him from the pimp and he's just so depressed that he wants to jump uh a bridge this is now this uh, takes place in chicago i'm not sure which bridge it is but basically he's in this little car and they're in a minivan and they're racing down the street and basically they're going to jump the bridge <laughs> yeah it's just like i said it's moments like that that yes this this movie's a good watch if it's on and the kids are in bed <laughs> go ahead and yeah, watch it, this it, one. it is rated r so it is but it's you know if if you're of the age I recommend watching this one. It's it's hilarious. It is great. And I have to wrap up because I've got to throw one more in there. And it's not even a movie. Um, in fact, I will. I may even sit down and watch this one this weekend. It could be the first of many screenings. <laughs> and it is an episode, and we've talked about it. I talked about it a little uh, earlier on a different show. It's an episode of Frasier called Merry Christmas, Mrs. Moskowitz. For those of you that are like me and you want to know, it is episode 10 in season 6. And he, Frazier and Roz are at the department store when it starts, and he bought a menorah because his son, Freddie, is Jewish. Well, this lady sees him buy this menorah, assumes that he's Jewish, realizes who he is, and hooks her daughter up with him. <laughs> and so the daughter, uh, played by Amy Brenneman, and I love her. Uh, they date for a little while, and then Christmas time rolls around, and they're getting ready. The daughter and the mom are getting ready to take off and go to Florida, and they want to stop by Frazier's house. And Marty has put up his reindeer, his Rudolph, in the in the living room. And Amy Brenneman gets in before her mom does, and she's like, oh, my gosh, you're not Jewish. And he goes, well, no. And then she explains, my mom saw you buying this. So Marty, <laughs> Frazier... And Niles have to pretend they're Jewish for the whole afternoon. <laughs> wow. And, and the worst part of it is, is Niles has got himself wrapped into to Daphne's uh, helping out Daphne because this is still when the infatuation part of the relationship was going on. And she needed help with the uh, the condo Christmas pageant. Hmm. So she asks him if he will play a part in the condo Christmas pageant, and he says, absolutely. Well, the part that he plays is Jesus. <laughs> and he he comes up to the apartment, and he's looking for nasal spray. He's dressed as Jesus, and they're off in another room. And he goes, oh, maybe it's in the other bathroom. And he goes to the bathroom that's, like, right by the front door. And the, there's a knock at the door. Marty answers the door, and it's the guy with the Christmas tree. And so he goes, well, where would you like me to put this? And he goes, uh, I don't know. And he goes, 
Most people put it in their living room, sir. And he opens the door to the bathroom, not knowing that Niles is in there and puts it in there. So they're getting ready to leave. The mom and the daughter get ready to leave. And the mom's like, I need to freshen up before I leave. So she opens the bathroom door. There's a Christmas tree. And there's Niles dressed as Jesus. (laughs) And Niles goes, I I better get out of here. She goes, yes, I realize this is your busy time of year. (laughs) But it's just awesome because the whole conversations that go on. and, And he teaches Marty to speak Jewish by answering every question with a question. It's just great. So if you get the opportunity, watch it. Frasier, Merry Christmas, Mrs. Moskowitz, Season 6, Episode 10. It's a great episode, and it will keep you laughing, I guarantee it. All right. All right, so there's some of our movie traditions. Coming up, these are probably a lot of people's movie traditions. Rankin and Bass, holiday classics. And we're going to get into that when we get back. All right, imbeciles. Everyone quiet down. Dave and Ryan's movie review, segment three, and action. Okay, so we're in that holiday season, and everybody has watched at least one of these shows that we're going to talk about, these movies that we're going to talk about. I guarantee that you have. It's a tradition in itself. And you haven't even realized what you were watching when you were watching it. And we're talking about holiday classics by Rankin and Bass. And they actually did a bunch of cartoons also. They did a Frosty the Snowman cartoon, is the, which is the one that everybody kind of remembers. Happy birthday! That yeah. one, that is Rankin and Bass. But the ones we're going to talk about are stop motion. And these came out in like the mid to mid-60s to late-70s. Yep. And these were hour-long plus... Movies, really. They they were TV specials. They were TV specials, but they are uh, classics nonetheless. And the the stop motion in them is unbelievable for the time. Yes. So we're going to talk a little bit about the stop motion, and we're going to talk about the shows themselves. And we're going to start off with probably the one that everybody knows best, and that's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer starring Burl Ives. Yeah. 1964. Of course, all of these are going to be rated TVG. Yep. But it's got iconic songs. It's got silver and gold. It's got, uh, you know, all kinds of great stuff. It's got the abominable in it. It's got Yukon Cornelius in it. It's got Hermie that doesn't like to make toys. Yeah. And we've all watched this movie. I guarantee that we have. And the great thing about it is you know that you've made it because they were really picking scenes and, and kind of sharing parts of this movie when, when they did the movie Elf. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing. So I'm going to let you kind of speak to the stop motion part of it and anything else that you want to add. Yeah. So as you said, Dave, the stop motion in this was just amazing. You got to realize this was 1964. You know, television had only been around, you know, uh, from the early late 40s to, you know, you know, color TV hadn't been around for a whole lot. You know, this stop motion wasn't even really heard of you know this is like some weird crazy thing that people are doing all the hippies are doing witchcraft (laughs) sorcery (laughs) yeah but you know it's you know this story about rudolph everybody knows the song rudolph the red-nosed reindeer Uh it's basically about um you know rudolph's life basically Uh, as a kid you know they're not letting him play any reindeer games so he leaves the north pole uh with uh 
uh, Hermes the elf, who um, doesn't want to make toys. She's really into dentistry. He wants to be a dentist. Yeah, he wants to be a dentist. So they they pretty much they end up leaving, and uh, they meet a a lumberjack, Yukon. Uh, Yukon Cornelius, um, who's searching for treasure in the North Pole. And, uh, you know, uh, they're going around, you know, just around North Pole. They run into the abominable snowman. They escape him. And they land on the uh, island of misfit toys. Yes. And, you know, they learn about the toys there. And and over the years, um, when Rudolph is older, he goes back to the North Pole and finds out that his parents are missing. And so. Because they went out looking for him. They went out looking for him. And he finds out that the Adom- the abominable snowman has them. He- he's using them like little toys. You know, he's captured them. He's Arr! so they end up saving his his uh, parents and going back to the North Pole as a hero. And you know, a big storm comes, just like in the song. And Santa f- figures, oh, you know, he's the perfect person to lead his sled. And Everyone knows the song and how it ends. He becomes a hero. But I actually got a few little fun facts about this movie. Okay. So, uh, first of all, in the uh, in the opening credits, where you see Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, uh, you see the credits are on, like, toys. Uh-huh. Toy uh, presents, I should say. And then when the uh, logo appears on the Christmas tree, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, <clears throat> they uh, wrote the year it came out in Hyrule, in, uh, in Roman numeral. Roman numerals. Okay. But instead of 1964, they went 1164. So uh, that's, they have copyright issues. And that's why you see like Rudolph the Red and the Reindeer in cell phone commercials. And like you said, an elf, they reference it a lot. Since uh, with the uh, copyright issues, you can use it for free basically because 1164, it's over the 100 years. Uh huh. And so that's why uh, you see it like in commercials and stuff like that. Also, <clears throat> um, uh, there's two endings to this movie or this special. Okay. So in the first one, uh, it shows Rudolph leading the reindeer off into the storm. And then you see an elf tossing the toys to children. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, people were so upset because uh, Rudolph promised the misfit toys that he'd come and rescue them. So a few years later, they redid the ending, and it shows uh, Rudolph take off, land at the island of Misfit Toys. All the toys jump in the sleigh, and then when uh, Santa's uh, going, there's an elf. He's throwing out the Misfit Toys, but he's giving them all umbrellas so they can float down. Uh-huh. But uh, a little, uh, little fun, <laughs> little fun feature about this: there was one toy on the island of Misfit Toys. Uh, it, there was an owl. Okay. He couldn't fly. He could only no, swim. That's right. And in this in this new end, end scene, the elf pulls out the owl, looks at the owl, looks at the umbrella, tosses the owl, and just waves at him as he falls to his death. <laughs> only uh, you would find that fact <laughs> fun. It was. I thought it was hilarious. All right, so there's that one. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, as I said, everybody has seen that movie. Yes. I guarantee that you've seen that movie. Uh, The next one up, and I just went back and uh, watched this one as well, The Year Without a Santa Claus. And the the thing that's going to make people remember this movie in particular is this was the one with I'm Mr. You know, it had the heat miser and the cold miser in it. And, and that was what this whole movie was about. Mickey Rooney actually played Santa Claus in a couple of these. Yeah. 
Uh, well, well, fun fact: all these movies they're supposed to be in the same universe. This was like the first uh, universe universe movie. You know, the MCU wasn't the first one. It was uh, it was these cartoons. Well, and they stopped at four, so they were ahead of the game. Yeah, but um, uh, the year without a uh, Santa Claus came out in 1974. Yep. And as I said, Mickey Rooney is in this one. He is a uh, he is Santa Claus in it. And I'll tell you what, he's a young Santa Claus. It's tough to find it. It is. It's very difficult to find. I, I think you. I think when I was looking, unless for you it, want to pay for it, it's yeah. very difficult. I to think find. I, I found it on YouTube. See, and that was what I, the next one I was, was what I found on YouTube. Uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah. I found that one on YouTube, and that's where I watched it. Uh, Nineteen seventy. This one came out. Fred Astaire, Mickey Rooney's in it again, and this is the one. Really, the origin story of Santa Claus. Yes. Where he's a baby, and he's a Kringle, and Dingle Kringle, and Jingle Kringle, and all of his brothers. And um, he goes into town, and he has to contest with the Burgermeister Meisterburger. Yep. That does that outlaws toys. And he, this is also where he meets Mrs. Claus. Yes. She was pretty hot. It's a love story. That's right. So it, it kind of gives you a backstory and an origin story of Santa Claus in, in this one. And, of course, he wins over the Burgermeister and gets to deliver the toys to everybody. And they also find out that the Winter Warlock is why the reindeer fly. Ooh. Yeah, because he has some special dust in this one. And that's <laughs> what makes the reindeer fly. And it's 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 dust that you put over corn seed, and then they eat the corn, and then they, you know, and then reindeer take to the skies, and then they start using that. So that's another one that Santa Claus is coming to town. I put Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer on its own because it's so iconic. Yeah, I would say out of all of these that we've talked about so far, Santa Claus is coming to town probably my favorite one. Uh, Fred Astaire plays the mail delivery guy at the beginning. That's kind of the narrator of the story yeah. to get it going along. Um, but yeah, great, great movie. And this last one I've heard of, never really seen it before. So I'm going to let you kind of talk about it. All right. And obviously we're talking about Jack Frost, uh, 1979, obviously rated TVG. Uh, this stars Buddy Hackett as Pardon Me Pete, which is, uh, a gopher or groundhog, I should say. Uh, you know, the story talks about, uh, the groundhog waking up and finding his shadow, because uh, the groundhog and Jack Frost came up with a, a little deal that he sees his shadow, he gets six more weeks of winter, and the groundhog gets to sleep an extra six weeks. You know, uh, so this movie uh, it also has uh, Robert Morris as Jack Frost, Paul Frees, and uh, Deborah Klinger in it. Um, it's a movie basically about uh, Jack Frost is enjoying his life. As Jack Frost, when he meets um, Deborah Klinger's uh, character, uh, Alyssa, um, he not necessarily like falls in love with her, but, you know, he, he, he likes her. And so he wants to be human. So he goes up to Father Christmas and he agrees that um, until springtime, you can be human. And so uh, he's down on Earth and he sends um, two other little, uh, not elves, but kind of a elements uh snips comes down with him and helps him you know so he doesn't get too out of control or hurt himself and uh basically uh paul freeze character uh i'm gonna slaughter this name kubel cross uh 
Um, he's basically like the king of the area, and he he takes all their money. In wintertime, they have money because they take the icicles and they slice them up and they use that as money during the wintertime. Uh, and so he wants to marry uh, Deborah's character, and so he, he kidnaps her. And so Jack Frost and uh, a, a knight, I can't remember his name in the movie, uh, goes and rescues her. Uh, Jack Frost's character gets caught, and basically uh, the evil... Uh, Kubel Claus is going to go destroy the town. So he's sending his mechanical army to go uh, destroy the town. Uh, but Jack Frost, he gives up his humanity and freezes everything so they can't go and destroy the town. And uh, he does it all winter. And then um, Father Winter's like, oh, it's, you know, it's time for spring. He's like, no. You know, and that's how he comes up with the deal with the groundhog for six extra weeks. And so, you know, he ends up uh, basically, you know, helping everyone out. It's it's a good story uh, about Jack Frost. I know there's uh, been another movie about Jack Frost. Uh, what was that one um, with all the... Oh, Rise of the Guardians. Yes. Great movie. Yeah. You know, that, you know it's, it's, they play similar characters. They're tricksters, but, you know, they, bo- they each find their humanity. And I believe, and I may be wrong here... I believe Martin Short played Jack Frost in one of the Santa Claus movies. Yes. So. Yeah, but I definitely, you know, all these all these TV specials, they're going to be on TV. You will find them. They're not yes. hard to find. Yeah, and you can, if not, you can find them everywhere this yeah. time of year, especially. Um, and that's not even talking about, you know, the other, other classics that are just animated classics, like yep. Charlie Brown Christmas. It's on yes. Apple TV. Um, the Grinch that stole Christmas, it's out there as well. Yep. There are so many other great ones to find and watch. Just enjoy this time of year because it's going to be cold outside. Why do you want to go out there anyway? Snowball fight. Oh. You got to have snow first. True. So you might as well do this while you're waiting. Come on, Jack Frost. There you go. You (laughs) might as well do this while you're waiting for it to snow. All right. That's going to do it for us this week. Not too shabby. Getting uh, getting it all taken care of. We've got other great holiday things we're going to be talking about the whole month of December. Um, As I said, we're going to be talking about movies that maybe get equated with Christmas, but aren't really Christmas movies. Yeah, and look up for our little uh, little shorts on our uh, Facebook page. Absolutely. We, we put a lot of work into them. I didn't know that I could dance that well. I'm just <laughs> going to put it that way and leave you to, to just kind of look it up on your own, okay? Until then, until next week when we come back, all I can tell you is go see a movie. Go see a movie.